welcome to the Real Estate Raw Show, hosted by Joe Mendoza. The power of focus, how important is it? It's very, very important. So imagine, guys, if you're trying to catch a rabbit, two rabbits, three rabbits, at one time, how many are you going to actually catch? Imagine holding a magnifying glass up to a paper like you were doing as a child. If you were moving around that microphone, uh, the magnifying glass, do, will you ever light up that paper? Of course not. Well, today, Jason or Rusi, you could tell how super focused he is and how much it's paying off. So let's enjoy the show and take plenty of notes. Thanks so much for watching, subscribing, and sharing. Let's enjoy. Hi guys, Joe Mendoza here in sunny San Diego. Welcome to my show. Thanks so much for watching, subscribing, and sharing with your friends. So ladies and gentlemen, today we have Jason Yerusi with Yerusi Holdings. He has a ton of experience, over 800 doors. Guys, this is incredible. He also has a podcast, uh, The Jason and Peely Project. He talks about lead a fit and rich life. So we're going to get into a lot of different things that he's shared, a lot of different things he's learned over the years. Welcome to the show, Jason. How are you? Doing great, Joe. Thank you for having me. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Thanks for taking the time out of your day. And we're super excited to hear your story. So let's get in. Awesome. Awesome. So where would you like to start? Let's talk about before real estate. Kind of take us through this journey pre-real estate, just to kind of give that audience some backstory. Sure. So not a traditional journey at all. Uh, so I lived in um, New York City for 13, 14 years. Um, actually met Peely, my wife there. Um, we met working at a uh, large bar that became a, um, a one of the largest um, nightlife um, outdoor bars in New York City. Um, we had worked there for a number of years and at that point um, left um, for a number of different reasons. I opened a, a restaurant in New York City, opened and sold a brewery there. Um, and at a point back in um, 2011, um, just came on the premise of a Hurricane Sandy happening in New Jersey. Um, we went out to help the family construction business because the, the construction business got so overflowing with work uh, because it really does a lot of storm work. So did that. Um, and when we did that, we, we quickly knew that we wanted to find something that could really allow us to get our time back. We were spending so much time being active and everything we were doing um, had to be done for us to, 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 of course, create income, which is most of us, right? You go, you, you, um, you know, you basically go to work um, just to trade it for a paycheck. And if you're not working, you're not getting paid and vice versa. So we knew starting a small family that we wanted to find ways that we could really get our time back and really state kept being one of the words that kept popping up. So we moved into flipping and wholesaling and doing some Airbnbs. And we quickly discovered that we had just created more jobs for ourselves, And that was great because it, it got us started, but we said, well, now we went from very busy to even busier. And we were expecting our first child at the time. So it took to us to meet someone who was investing in small multifamily out of state. Um, he's basically buying them and, um, and they were highly distressed, fixing them up, getting the management company on board, renting them out and allowing that from a management experience to, to really find properties that would work for him. And we started doing that. 
and loved it because it allowed us to use our strengths, um, our managerial strengths to, to find a project and really allow the project to tape full by having the right pieces and right people in place. However, that again, wouldn't be scalable. They, it, we couldn't buy a bunch of two, threes, fours. It just, it seemed like a um, logistical nightmare. And I had heard about buying a large apartment building. And that was the first time I ever heard about it. And it did, the light bulb just went off that if I could do this with a three or four unit, what was the difference when you're doing it from a larger property? And it seemed like, although it could be quote unquote scarier, it actually afforded us so many more opportunities to, to just have economies of scale um, really, really on our side, right? It was the same thing that if we're, you know, setting up for a 12 seat restaurant, well, what's the difference for operating for a hundred seat, right? It's basically just multiplying the numbers and understanding what it is, but you get more to your advantage the, the more seats you have, right? So for that, we dove in to find everybody that was doing it successfully, really just tracked everything that other people were doing and said, okay, this is a process we could do. So we sold the, the threes, the twos, the fours, and we went from a, basically a three unit up to a 94 unit back in uh, May of 2017. And that was our first foray into buying a large apartment building. Wow, that's incredible. Now, were there any major, major challenges? Because you sound like somebody who adapts and overcomes pretty quickly. So what were, were there any major challenges or setbacks? Always. I, I think that's, that's where you grow, right? So, so you don't know the, the, the questions you need to ask until you do, right? And you get better answers by asking better questions. And that becomes of um, really, you know, finding your way with things. So for us, you know, the, the first one was just understanding how it all works. We syndicated the deal, which means that we um, use a special thing within the, uh, the SEC requirements that gives us provision that we can raise capital through investors. And so understanding how that worked. And what we did is we continued to build upon having teams around us or mentors around us where we could ask questions when things came up, because it's generally not the big questions that keep you from it. So, hey, I want to buy an apartment building. You understand I need a building. It has to be in a market. It has to um, have a, a certain type of, of framing and you're going to have some kind of debt on it. That can all be understood. But when you get into these small questions that sometimes pop up that can't be easily Googled, right? Like, um, you know, what are, what are um, some of the SEC? guidelines that, that potentially we don't know when doing this, that might not be the easiest thing to, to Google. So if you have someone you know at your disposal that you could just ask the question, instead of going down this rabbit hole where you spend a week or two weeks or three weeks getting sidelined trying to find an answer that you think is correct, you can have a trusted person on your side that you can ask that question and that can help you carry forward. So the law of it, there's, there was a ton of roadblocks, but it's finding your, your easiest way to make them speed bumps and not necessarily making them Mount Vesuvius. Love it. Love it. That's awesome. Now, um, as far as like mentorship or books you read, because you've been in fix and flip, you mentioned Airbnb and now multifamily, where you were like a firm believer in getting a mentor or what specific books do you recommend? You know, there's, we all want to say that we, we can think of the best thing in the world, have the greatest idea and always come up with a way that we think that we're going to be the smartest in the room, but that always is the wrong way to look at it. If you can track this back and say, well, other people have done this successfully forever. So why should I learn 57 wrong ways to do it instead of just saying, okay, how is the right way to do it and follow the process? That is 
a lot more admirable and also will get you to your destination a lot quicker. And when we can have the bandwidth to, to look at what other people are doing and ask questions, you'll find that people are very open. Plus there's podcasts like yourself here, podcasters that are talking to other people out there that are just giving you so much valuable information. The The goal that got us there quicker was to, to basically put on the, the blinders and stop flipping, stop wholesaling, stop doing the Airbnb, stop doing all these things that were detracting from the focus and then put the focus all in with multifamily. And when you do that, just like anything, your reticular activator starts going off, right? You start hearing it and seeing it everywhere. Where if like you want to go out there and purchase that Chevy Tahoe, you'll, you'll start seeing them everywhere. They're just all over. And then what, is there any difference than how many were there before the now? No, it's the same amount. However, you're, you're more receptive to want to see that. And that's what focus can do when you really put your attention to it. So we put our attention wholly and solely on multifamily went all in, and then it really started to steamroll from there. Wow. I love it. I love it. Now, if you don't mind me asking is you guys are a husband wife team. How long have you been at this? Uh, so first property we purchased was May, 2017. Uh, so whatever that time frame comes up to now, a little um, for that, we've been in real estate back since 2014 was the first time I started flipping, I think would be the right part, but we've continued to, to, we'll say um, level up or scale up to, to new arenas. And now we found the multifamily space. Um, and at this point we have um, properties across uh, four states. Wow. That's amazing. Now let me hear some secret sauces because some of the audience is, you know, they're working with their spouses their significant other. And I can know, I can probably share like me, that's not my favorite thing. I mean, my wife, I totally keep, you know, Hey, she's a nurse, stay there, stay in that lane. And yeah. I just need to focus because their personalities aren't the same in business. What are, what are some of the secret sauces between you and your wife? Well, you said it right there. And it's that when you have clear understanding of, of what each other are doing and Peely and I met working together. So we actually knew the work side before we knew the relationship side, which is quite interesting. But generally where I find that partnerships on all sides, whether it be relationships or not, is that we, we make the assumption that we know how the other is thinking. Or we have the other assumption that what we're doing is the greatest thing ever. And generally where I see, you know, marital or relationships disputes in, in business or in, in real estate is that, hey, I'm doing this and this is helping us so much and it's the greatest thing for us. And on the other side, so I'll just take it for a husband at this point, I'm providing this opportunity, you know, I'm putting in all these hours, I'm working 23 hours a day and all this point. And the wife on the other side is now thinking, that's fantastic, but you're missing all the time growing up the kids. You're missing all this time that we have together. And I'd rather you, you know, not do that. Um, because I'd rather you have time, but neither will have that conversation, right? So generally one thing is they're doing the right thing and can't understand why the other person doesn't see this glorious thing while the other person is sitting there saying, you know, I'm sure that's great, but ultimately we have different goals and values. And so it's to connect, to ask the questions, to make sure that each of you fully understand what you want to do 
and what this is going to be not only for you, but for your family and what it's going to mean for you and your future. So when, when COVID happened, we had a clear understanding beforehand that I was going to completely go all into the business. And Peely, we have three little guys at home. She was going to completely devote to the kids. Well, we, we had had that conversation, not in a direct response that we knew, of course, that homeschooling was going to happen or COVID was going to happen, but we had it in a similar stance of, you know, if, if this approach came up and we needed to take this stance, this would be the routine. So we did that. And now it's allowed us to adapt easier to, to a homeschooling model when we have, you know, kids at home, because we have a clear understanding it's not one versus the other or one being um, jealous of the other or one not thinking the other is doing their thing. Peely is carrying everything she's doing with the family and I'm, I'm carrying the business. And do we cross lines on parts? Absolutely. But that's this still the, the line in the sand is that I'm doing business and she's doing uh, family. And when they cross paths, you know, we, we know there's going to be a crossover and we make that crossover as needed. That's awesome, Jason. Congratulations for getting that to work. You know, that's pretty amazing. Now, it's like anything. It's a, it's a, it's, it's never a, um, it, it's, it's a constant work, right? Just like any, any marriage or any relationship is right. It's never a, Hey, okay. We, we have it in, in stone and now it's, it's perfect. Everything needs to be tweaked, especially as you continue the model grows and everything else. That's great. Now let's talk about your staff or team. Um, who's, how many people do you have on payroll, virtual assistants? What kind of people on your team? Sure. So actually on payroll right now, we, we do not have payroll. We have, uh, Peely and I run the projects. We have different partners across different properties. Um, some have done lead generation. Um, some have helped us with the, uh, the investor side. Some have helped us with um, asset management on properties and have carried multiple roles. So we partner on deals. And then within in-house, um, we do have virtual assistants and we just moved. So we're, we'll be hiring a new nanny from, from the side of uh, family side. But also Ultimately, for that point, we use our strengths and then align with other partnerships. So when we so we can make these projects, of course, most beneficial not only for ourselves but for our investors, and then of course make these better communities for people to live. Fantastic. Now, which would you consider? Because somebody, some people say it's one or the other. Some may say neither, but usually there's one harder than the other. Finding the deals or finding the money. Um it's a push pull, right? And so as times get worse, you know, deals will be more prevalent and money will be harder. And as, um, you know, deals are hard to find, money's easier, right? So it's not necessarily that approach is again, where you're going to put your focus to. I find that the money becomes hard if you wait until have the deal to find the money. You should constantly be having that conversation because there is money everywhere. And it's just having that um, abundance mindset that if you want it, it's there instead of putting, when you put your attention that it's not there, of course, it will be harder to find. So the same thing with deals, right? Um, we had a target of closing, you know, a deal a quarter last year. Uh, of course, COVID hit. So we had a um, deal in the first quarter right after the new year. And then we were just in a limbo stage of just identifying, making sure all of our other projects were really pushing in the, in the way they wanted. But at the end of the year, we had a lot of opportunity come up. So we closed in three deals. Right. So we, we never stopped looking and we never said they couldn't be done. We were just trying to understand what we were looking for. And when we really identified from that, then things started to steamroll. But the money, because we're having constant rapport with the current investors, new investors, that was 
easily found too, because we were keeping the narrative going that we were at that point. And so most of the time when difficulty is had is because we're assuming that it can't be done, right? So I can't find a deal. Well, you're, you're potentially not being specific, right? If, if you say, I just want a multifamily property, well, then no one can really help you. But if you say, I want a 75 to 150 um, BCS that built 1980 to 2005 in a national MSA valued between 70, uh, you know, seven and 10 million. Well, now everybody's got a mile marker that they can point to. Oh, so Joe gave me those metrics. So, you know, this is what Joe's looking for. Or if you don't say that, then you tell a broker that I'm just looking for multifamily. You might get a hundred unit property. You might get a 12 unit property. You might get a class A property. You might get a class D property. You might get on the West side of town. You might get on the East side of town. So identifying exactly what you want. Again, it will go back to it that you'll have more of it come and you won't limit yourself. Plus you'll become a pro in that area because you'll be highly dialed into what it is that you're looking for. So when it pops up, you'll know a good deal from a bad deal. Generally, you can't find deals when you're having to spend so much time leveling up to understand what that deal is about, right? So if it was a 30 unit class A townhome project versus a 400 unit garden style class C project, completely different beast. And if you're considering them all on the same level, you're not going to get to the finish line in any because the person who is really dialed into what that type of property is going to win the day. Love it, Jason. <laughs> you're dropping some great golden nuggets. I really, really appreciate it. Now, a deal a quarter, I love it. How many um, properties were you looking at, analyzing, uh, maybe even doing some LOIs prior to each acquisition, what was kind of your ratio? Um, it, good question. I'd have to look at the metrics. I, I don't even, um, two of these leads uh, were found by partners and then the other two were found by us, right? So one was actually, um, one was a broker, uh, another was direct to seller. Um, actually two were direct to seller, believe it or not, the first one and the last one. And then the one in between was, was a listed property um, that I had offered a year prior and finally um, came full circle because the, the seller was realistic now with, with their asking price. So it's more on, on repetition of just not stopping to say, I, I, I'd have to look back to see how many we were putting out there and how many um, LOIs, but it was more consistency and follow-up that, that gets it done. And, you know, whether it's one deal or, or 10 deals, it, it's all, it, it all balances out as long as you just keep the process flowing. Love it. Love it. What markets are you in or, or considering? Sure. Um, so Tennessee and Kentucky uh, are right now really the focus. Uh, we have properties also beyond that in uh, Pennsylvania and Georgia. And how far are you willing to go out? So again, it gets back to, you know, if I'm focused everywhere, I'm focused nowhere. So I, I'm really trying to dive in. I, I know, of course, Georgia, I know Atlanta and the MSAs, um, Nashville and the MSAs up to Chattanooga, Louisville and the MSAs over to Lexington, but I'm still trying to dial in really to the Louisville and to the, the um, Nashville market to say that I'm going to go, you know, source Albuquerque and, and North Dakota or in Fargo. I wouldn't be a good tenant for, for that property because I would have to do too much learning. I would have to know, you know, too much because where, where you lose is 
not knowing which side of the street you're on, right? So if, if you don't know that the school district is only good on the other side of the street, you're at a disservice, right? And the person who's just jumping into any market may look at comps and say, well, the school, you know, houses on the street sold for 500K that are single families. And then you understand that your property is on the side where just because it's the worst school or only sells for 200K. So your property is not going to have the same comps, same room comps, same anything because it's not as desirable as a multifamily property. So I try and make sure that I'm very fluent on the market so I can add value. And I'm not just jumping space to space trying to catch a deal that I, I couldn't really clearly align if it is a good deal. That's amazing. Now you have 800 plus doors right now. Are there any other asset classes you're considering aside from multifamily or you already have some? No, um, right now just staying there. I, I know that the space has a lot of runway. And so we're completely dialed into that space right now and allowing that to continue to carry forward. Love it, man. Jason, you're super focused. <laughs> I, name, name what we need to do, right? So, uh, you know, the opportunities will come up elsewhere, but again, if you don't, dial in and you don't know the good from the bad. Wow. Okay. So there's somebody listening out there, maybe flying solo, maybe just getting started. Who would you recommend that they get on their team or a hire or whatever to really accelerate their, their, their speed of the success? It comes down to your strength. You know, the, the question I get, um, that, that kind of puts me in a position is like, how can I help you? And it's like, well, I don't know what you can do. So, it, and then you're giving me more things that I need to do and we're busy enough. So are you good at underwriting? Can you find deals? Um, do you have access to capital? Do you have relationships? Um, are you willing to, you know, run property management? What is it that you can do from your side that you can bring a serviceable um, trait to that person you're going to speak to, right? So, you know, hey, um, Mr. Investor, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking for similar type of properties that I'm trying to learn. Can I look, for, can you show me um, what type of properties you're looking for? And I can see if I can you know, do a mailing or, or cold call or what. Where can you bring value to a conversation that can lead you closer to how you can work on a team? That's awesome, Jason. That's great, great advice. Now, talking to your younger self, or somebody out there in a crowd, what would you say to your younger self? Uh, I'm not good with that question, I guess, solely because generally if what I would have right now, I, I most potentially wouldn't be ready for at that time. It's generally, I'll leave you with that. The, the doing um, transcends any thinking about it. And your, your actions now will, will carry forward 20 fold, right? So taking a step, we all want to assume that the worst case thing's going to happen, right? So if I buy a building, you know, it will get knocked down by a storm and the world will be over, right? And so we all find that that's the reason to stop us. But in the counter, if you're going to give yourself that, you know, 0.0001% of chance that happening, you could buy a building. It could make you um, financially free, a multi-millionaire, multi help your family and help all your other investors. So it's, it's simply starting the steps to just do any action and that's going to be in action every time. Jason, that was a great answer, actually. <laughs> I appreciate it. Any other last words of wisdom, best way to get a hold of you, anything else you wanted to share? Sure. Yeah. If you'd like to talk about what we're doing, we're happy to talk to you. Uh, you can go over to yarusiholdings.com, Y-A-R-U-S-I holdings.com. I appreciate you for taking the time for having me on your show today. And again, it's about moving it forward. If you help others, you will help yourself unknowingly many times over.
Thank you so much for being on the show. We wish you an incredible, incredible year. Thank you. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I hope you learned as much as I did or more. So guys, look at the comment thread. If you seen something or heard something, want to learn more about something, please put it on the comment link below. If you're not a subscriber yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Go ahead and smash that bell to hear the latest and greatest on the show. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. I'm putting this channel together to hopefully add incredible value to you. And if you want to learn more about investing, you're new to investing, I highly recommend this book, Flex with a Plex. Also, this book, if you're having some challenges, as you can see, everybody on the show had some kind of adversity, including yours truly. So I shared a lot of that on Make It a Comeback, giving you some incredible tips to make a comeback. So get either one, Plex with a Plex, or Make It a Comeback. If you want to get more tips, go ahead and go to JoeMendoza.com. Again, subscribe, share, like. Make a comment below. I really, really appreciate you. Want to add incredible value and wish you all the best in your success in real estate and in life. Take care. Our company is not responsible for the success or failure of your business decisions relating to any information presented by our company or our company programs, products, and or services.